0: Well, happy Monday, friends. Welcome to October 24th in today's episode of Enough for Today. Thanks for joining me. And we are off to a new week, and it's the final closing days of October. That is hard to believe. Pretty soon we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving and Christmas and um, and entering a new year. And we are making a lot of plans at Emmanuel. We're thankful for the good things God's doing. We, um, By the way, as I record this, uh, we are getting ready to minister in Mexico City for four days so by the time you see this uh, you will have already uh, enjoyed a wonderful hopefully prayerfully god willing a wonderful day at Emmanuel yesterday while we were ministering at Gracia Abundante with Josue and Becca Ortiz after ministering at a large marriage conference north of Mexico City so um, you pray for our travels that will have safety and health and, uh, and we're praying for you. I'm pre-recording this and we're going to journey through Psalm the end of Psalm 64 today, and then we're going to start Psalm 65. So thank you for taking the journey with me. David is in trouble. He is, he's got a lot of people after him, bad people, and he's complaining to God. Now, I love it. This is his habit. We've seen it dozens of times now. When David gets in trouble, he goes to God and he airs his complaint to God. And the way he says his complaint is, Lord, I need to talk to you. I need you to listen to me. Hear my voice. Hear my prayer. I'm going to voice my complaint. So I love David's practice in teaching us that we can complain to God, not about him. We can complain to God, not just murmur about our circumstances. And suddenly we've taken our complaint vertical, which makes it spiritual and uh, God receives it always. The other thing that David does is he just unpacks his problem with God. He he just kind of gets in the slipstream of Jesus and says, you know, you lead out, here's what my enemies are doing in case you didn't know. Um, I'm going to process this emotionally and psychologically and spiritually before you and then I'm going to follow you. And this habit is just so easy to talk about, and so difficult to implement. Um, but I pray that as we go through the Psalms, this has become your, more so your habit. That you'll be able to say um, I, uh, I, 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 I more, more than not, I get in the slipstream of Jesus. And here's the deal. There's just a split second There's like a hairline difference between you leading out in your own problems, hoping that God will somehow tap in, you know, with good luck, versus you just catching your breath for a minute, stepping back and saying, Lord, you lead out, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to implement the solutions that you lead and guide, but I want to follow you. It's Proverbs 3, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not. your own understanding. That's that immediate, you know, instinctive leaning. I'm going to do this myself versus in all your ways, acknowledging him just a split second difference. But suddenly now you're following Jesus and it changes the very nature of the problem as well as your emotions and psyche and spiritual uh, understanding of the problem as you pursue the Lord. But if you're like me too often, uh, that's your intent, but you just start solving the problem before you acknowledge him. And that makes things actually worse. So David's really good at teaching us to take our problems to God and make them his problems and follow him. By the way, it may not change the urgency or the immediacy or the speed with which you need to address the problem, um, but simply puts you in the slipstream. It puts you behind Jesus following in his draft rather than uh, t- bearing the brunt of the uh, of the emotion and, the, and the, the full force of the problem. Jesus bears the full force of the problem and you follow him towards the solution. It's always a better solution too. So David kind of works his way through this psalm, and um, by verse 7, he says this is what God's going to do, so he anticipates God's promises being fulfilled. Um, And now verse 9 and 10, he begins to celebrate the eventual outcome. Now, how do we celebrate the eventual outcome if it hasn't happened yet? This is called faith. And we can base it on the credibility of God in keeping his word, and we can look at Hundreds and even thousands of prophecies in Scripture that have already come to pass exactly how the Word of God predicted that they would, and uh, and and so we look forward, anticipating that God will continue to keep His Word. And there's kind of two senses of the fulfillment of this. There's the immediate sense in our short story of God's writing a short story right now in your life, and that 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 chapter fits into His big picture, His big story, His grand uh, story of redemptive history, but. There's going to be an immediate fulfillment of what we're going to read, and then there's going to be a huge eternal fulfillment of it. So verse 9, David says, and all men shall fear. So there's going to come a time in your life where people that see what God did through your story are going to reverence and respect God more for it. Uh, And then there's going to be an eternal sense in which all, every knee will bow before the Lord Jesus, the Lordship of Christ. All men shall fear and shall declare the work of God. So again, the near fulfillment of that is that your complexities are going to one time at, at, at some point resolve with redemptive love and grace in your life in such a way that you're going to have a story to tell. You're going to declare the work of God. Hey, maybe today God's already resolved some, some things in your life and he's given you a story and he wants you to go tell somebody. He wants you to declare his work in your history today. Your story is a part of God's story. And as you share your story and weave the gospel into it, it's one of the most powerful, um, uh, it's one of the most poignant weapons you have in your faith journey to witness to others and to be what Jesus said, uh, that you shall be witnesses of me. So the righteous shall be glad, I'm sorry, that all men shall fear shall declare the work of God for they shall wisely consider of his doing. So There's going to come a moment where you look back on all the complex stories and trials and problems, and God resolved them in such a way and with such wisdom that a part of you will just consider it deeply and you'll marvel at the wisdom of it. You'll just marvel at the work in the hands of God, how he was able to take such complex, terrible things and weave them together and bring such such a beautiful, redemptive story out of it. And then verse 10, the righteous shall be glad in the Lord. That's when you celebrate. So yes, you're you may be looking at pain or sorrow or hardship today, but there will be a day, by faith you can know this, that you're going to celebrate this. You're going to thank God for what he did in you, what he's doing in you, and you'll you'll 100% you'll say it was worth it. You'll truly be glad in the Lord for what he did in the hardship of your life and how he brought you through it and shall trust in him so then the next outcome is that your faith is going to grow it's going to expand this is what happens happens faith is a muscle and when you when you exert it and god fulfills god comes through your faith grows it becomes stronger and deeper your story becomes more layered and nuanced and richer with the many times god has answered your faith in that kind of lifestyle doubt grows smaller and smaller and smaller because you have such an archive of God's intervention, and your trust in him has grown so massive. And then finally, all the upright shall glory. Uh, All the upright in heart shall glory. So the righteous and the upright are not good people. They're saved people. We've talked about that before. Righteousness in the Old Testament is not achieved righteousness. It's not people that behaved well and, and earned the title. No, it's imputed righteousness. It's the righteousness that was given by God's mercy and grace. Same with the word upright. And so the big picture here is all the upright in heart shall glory. That's when we come together as families and as churches and as communities, and we celebrate together all the good things God has done. We'll do that together as a church in the coming weeks. We do that every Sunday on some level. Uh, But then one day it will be eternal in scope. So I love verses 9 and 10 because 9 and 10 tells me, I'm sorry, verse 10 especially, um, this is what's going to happen soon enough in my life But yeah, 9 and 10. And it's also going to be what happens for all of eternity. We will be declaring the work of God, considering His marvelous doings, being glad, trusting Him, and rejoicing and glorying in Him. So what a great way to start our week. And we're done with Psalm 64. Happy Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.